It's a beautiful morning. And of course, as you know, it's time for another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader because, well, this past Sunday was just shocking wins, terrible plays, and just horrific losses and COVID-19. Hey, everyone. My name is Ashley Gibbs, and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right. Here we discuss everything NFL football related from the players to the game, to the injuries, to even the contracts. So sit back, listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game. And let's dive into this conversation and get started. And we're back. Man, oh man. I say that a lot. Can I just say that watching the games on Thursday night, Sunday, Monday was just absolutely shocking. And then The COVID cases, there's just so much to cover, you guys. I almost wanted to do two parts, but I'm going to see how much I can get done in this time frame. So for quick fire topics, we're going to talk about the COVID-19 spread in the NFL. Let's just say I'm trying to figure out where these players went that they randomly contracted COVID-19, or we could start to question the protocol in their facilities. Starting with the Tennessee Titans, who are up to almost, what is I think, 18 people, that's including players and staff, that have tested positive for COVID-19. It has now come down to the point that sources are saying that the NFL is investigating their COVID-19 protocols in their facilities for that many people to contract COVID-19 on that team is insane. And then considering that they just played the Vikings, the Vikings had to quarantine and get tested because again, they came in contact with those players on the field. But luckily for the Vikings, no one on their teams tested positive at all. All their tests came back negative. So again, it begs the question of what kind of protocols is the Tennessee Titans holding in their facilities? Are they even following COVID-19 protocols? That's 18 people. That's, that's a good, that's a good number. That's a really good number that can keep rising. So it'll be interesting to follow that and see what happens as far as the changes they're going to have to make for their facility and protocols if they plan to come back into this fight. And they were a team that I don't think they have a loss yet, to be very honest with you. So for them to you know have to sit out of a game because of COVID-19, get it together, Tennessee Titans. Get it together. Get it together. I won't say that again. <laughs> Then the shocking news that we heard as of Saturday, Cam Newton, ladies and gentlemen, starting QB for the Patriots, tested positive for COVID-19. It prolonged the game. I know for me and my fantasy football team, he was my starting quarterback. I had to put Tom Brady in, had to move Cam to the bench because he was out. He was put on, you know, the COVID-19 list. He quarantined himself. Um, They tested the rest of the team. The rest of the team came back negative. So they pushed the game between them and the Kansas City Chiefs to Monday, which we all watched that last night. And it just begs the question of, you know, their protocols must actually be pretty good because for just Cam to test positive and no one else on that team or staff to test positive um, makes me wonder if the Tennessee Titans should reach out to the Patriots to figure out what they're doing in their facility. That's just my two cents. Um, but yeah, those are your quick fire topics. Lots of spreads. COVID-19 is really infecting not only the NFL in a way, hopefully they can continue to just maintain what's left of the bubbles that they created in their facilities. Um, also too, you know, to Cam and the players on the Tennessee Titans, even two more players on the New Orleans Saints that tested positive, you know, swift recovery, 
quarantine yourself. Hope you feel better, get better, get stronger, and we'll see you back soon. But we're going to continue to move forward because my fantasy football team took a hit. And as you already know, the rest of my players in my um, league, their teams took a hit. So I'm just like, not only do I have to deal with injuries, I got to deal with COVID. COVID was not joking when it came to the NFL. But that's all for your quick fire topics. Let's get into the main event. But first, today's episode is brought to you by the Dunkin' Donuts coffee that's in my cup. I am not sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, but I do like to go there and drink their iced coffee. I like to do the caramel swirl with cream in my coffee, and it tastes delicious, you guys. And that's why I'm wide awake. So let's dive into the main topics. I did some predictions last week. We're going to talk about those results in those games because, well, I'm laughing. You can hear me laughing a little bit. I'm laughing because some of this was shocking. Some of it wasn't. Saints versus the Lions. I called that game right. Saints beat the Lions. The Lions didn't play too bad, but it's what we expected. Chargers versus the Bucks. The Chargers, the rookie, Herbert. You know, Herbert is impressing me. He really is impressing a lot of people. Are you kidding me? The throws that kid had with his accuracy, ridiculous. But what saddened me is Eckler apparently has a hyperextended injury for, I think it's his knee or his hamstring. Not really sure, but he's out for almost, I think, four to six weeks now. There goes my main running back on my fantasy football team, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have Eckler, you might want to move him and sit him out because that injury was just reported. He only scored two points in his past game. Explains a lot. But Herbert, that kid, they got to put the ball in his hands and let him throw it. That kid has some accuracy I haven't seen. But here comes TB12, Tom Brady, coming through, reminding us of why he's the GOAT. They were down, but Tom Brady bought it back. Three touchdown passes, just over 30 fantasy football points from Tom Brady. He really maneuvered that ball downfield. I mean, it wasn't shocking. There was a almost over a 20-year age gap between the rookie quarterback for the Chargers and Tom Brady himself. And let me tell you, people were just like, eh, will the rookie give the GOAT a loss? And then Tom was like, hey, let me show you how, you know, the wise ones do it. And came back and won. So I called that game. I said the Bucks and the Bucks won. Browns versus the Cowboys. <laughs> Sorry, let me try again. Browns versus the <laughs> Browns versus the Cowboys. I gave the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt, everyone. And I said, oh, the Cowboys are going to win. That was the prediction I made. I was wrong. I was, I was 100% wrong. The Browns came out, shocked everyone, and beat the Cowboys 49 to 38. It's 11-point deficit. Now, before you go hyping up Baker Mayfield, before you say, oh, Ashley, remember what you said about Baker Mayfield? Hold the phone. The real star was OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Do you remember what I said in episode three? When you have a Ferrari, you don't park the Ferrari in the garage and never drive it. You drive the Ferrari. You invested money in that Ferrari. That is your, that's your baby. That's your car. You drive it. Odell Beckham is the Browns Ferrari, okay? He is an investment. He is talented. He's healed up. He's healthy. Put the ball in his hands. So shout out to their coach. I'll say that again, the coach, because the Browns have switched up coaches over the last three seasons. This is the third one. And he has found a way to put the ball in Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands. And it's not from Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball. Can I just say that? I mean, at one point, Odell Beckham ran the ball. He was all the way in the backfield, cut through the pocket, and ran upfield and scored a touchdown. Everybody was shocked. So shout out to Odell Beckham Jr. 
five touchdowns, including a pass from none other. No, not Baker Mayfield. Don't even think Baker Mayfield. The pass came from Jarvis Landry, went straight downfield. I think it was over 20 yards. And it was a toss to Jarvis. Jarvis put that, you know, weight on his back leg, threw it with his left arm, and it went straight downfield, and Odell Beckham Jr. caught it. It was a beautiful pass, beautiful play. I've seen that play before by the Patriots. Tom Brady tossed Julian Edelman the ball, and Julian Edelman threw it downfield to Danny Amendola. Those kind of little trick plays are ones that I like to see, especially when they work out beautifully. To be very fair, Jarvis Landry looked like he threw the ball better than Baker Mayfield. That's just me. That's just me. I'll give credit to the Browns. That team is starting to look good, and I give it up to their coach, who's finally finding a way to utilize Odell Beckham Jr., who is their weapon. I'm telling you right now, whoever drafted him in their fantasy football league is just, they're making out now. They weren't before, but they're making out now. So I was wrong when I called that game. The Cowboys played disastrous. Um, it was just a hot mess. I, I don't know what kind of defense the Cowboys were doing. You even had Zeke who had a drop. I don't know what Dak was doing. No one knows what the Cowboys were doing. And remember how when they lost in the past, we blamed Jason Garrett. We were like, oh, it's Jason Garrett's fault. They need a new coach. They need a better coach. Well, now they have a better coach. And the gap between their losses now are bigger than the gaps between their losses when they had Jason Garrett. Yes, I said it. And so this whole time, Dak Prescott's asking for Mahomes money, asking for Tom Brady money, Aaron Rodgers money. And you got your tail whipped by the Browns, bro. No, you cannot ask for that money at all. As a matter of fact, you should be able, after this season, take whatever they give you, which probably isn't going to be very much. Is he still talented? Yes, but they got to figure out a new strategy, especially when your defense is trash. If you can't stop the other team from scoring, it doesn't matter what you do on offense. You got to have a good, strong defense. Right now, the Cowboys don't have that. It just looked just like a crap show. I'm sorry. I couldn't believe my eyes. And everybody's like, well, they scored 38 points. Yeah, but they couldn't stop the Browns from scoring. It just didn't, I didn't understand what was happening there. I had to check on all my Cowboys fans. I'm going to reach out again. Cowboys fans, how are you doing? I know I talked like this about Falcons fans last week. It's your turn. Are you okay? I guess is going to be my question. You just let me know. Um, just, you know, hit me up, DM me on social media. Let me know how you're feeling about that game, Cowboys fans. I need to hear directly from you. Ravens versus Washington. I called that game. I said the Ravens. Patriots versus Kansas City. I went against the Pats even though, and I kind of, maybe I was foreshadowing. Maybe I knew. No, I didn't know. But maybe I just had a feeling something wasn't going to go right. Cam Newton sitting out. And I called this game. I said, Kansas City's going to win. Even though in my heart, I was like, oh, if Cam Newton was playing, there was a chance they probably could have beat Kansas City. Kansas City is overrated. They are not playing at like a super high performance level where everybody's like, they're unstoppable. It's just the team didn't play to the best of their ability. And it's like, which teams suck worse? And it was honestly the Pats. Julian Edelman had two drops. He was trending on Twitter last night. Because he, I uh, think it was Hoyer, I think it was Hoyer, uh, they switched quarterbacks so many times because there were so many interceptions. I think they had four or more interceptions in that game, which is honestly a lot for the Patriots. Hoyer threw Edelman the ball. It tipped or off of Edelman's hands. And Gunner, who was another, I guess, wide receiver, was right behind to catch that ball. It was amazing. It was actually a beautiful catch, to be honest with you. It reminded us of... Um, Julian Edelman's infamous catch in a Super Bowl against the Falcons. So 
I mean, at the end of the day, immediately he started trending on Twitter. People are getting on him about his two drop passes. They were really upset about Hoyer's performance, Stidham's performance. I mean, Stidham threw a touchdown. That's more than Hoyer did, to be very honest with you. And then he went back and threw two more interceptions. So I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. Cam Newton, hopefully he'll get better. We can get him back because I was hopeful that someone would hand Kansas City a butt whipping, um, so to speak, in the game. And I thought Patriots were going to be the ones to do it. I actually originally thought the Ravens were going to be the ones to do it. But to be very fair, the Patriots with Hoyer and Stidham performed better than the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. That's just my perception of everything. But to be fair, I never yelled at my iPad so much. I was on the phone with my friend again, Megan, um, and I was just chatting with her, seeing how she was doing. And People know not to call me when I'm watching football, but if it's important, I'll pick up. And I tried to mute the game, and I still ended up yelling halfway through the conversation. So I sounded very, very just my attention deficit disorder. It just kicked in. I just could not listen to her and pay attention to the game. So I was just like, yeah, you should totally go check out that place. What are you doing? How could you throw the interception? Where? Who was standing over there? Who was standing? That was me last night, you guys. I was just yelling. Like, my neighbors probably think I'm crazy. But... That game was, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, they didn't score a touchdown in the first three quarters of that game. That's your Super Bowl team? That's your Super Bowl team. Is this your team? Because I'm telling you right now, Kansas City, the way they're performing, they're waiting, they're kind of pulling a Cowboys, so to speak, waiting super late in a game to want to score touchdowns. You cannot do that because I'm telling you right now, Kansas City, you're going to play against a team that's actually going to shove out points and that gap is going to be too big. And if you wait to the fourth quarter to all of a sudden want to play, you're not going to win that game. It's going to be too late. Moving on. Packers versus the Falcons. I I want to say the, I'm not even, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch that game because I was so distracted by the debauchery that was taking place between the Patriots and Kansas City. So I'm going to check that score for you guys. So I know if I was right. Thank you, ESPN app, for reminding me that I got my tail handed to me in fantasy football. You're just much appreciated. Um... Let me see what we got going on. The Falcons. I really feel like um, the Packers won. And if so, then I called that game right. I don't know why these just don't give you the scores. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to guess because right now my app is not working correctly. And I was like, Ashley, why didn't you do your due diligence? Well, this is the reason why. <laughs> um, so I called for the Packers who won that game, and I feel 100% like I am correct with that one because it's Aaron Rodgers, and I believe in Aaron Rodgers. Everybody wrote Aaron Rodgers off, and he is reminding us of why he should always be continuously in a conversation. He's just performing Better than Aaron Rodgers is one of the few quarterbacks that can do those deep passes that we see a lot, those Hail Marys. So, you know, I'm just like at the point where I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, low key. And I didn't like that over the summer. They wrote him off and basically just said, oh, he he's done. He shouldn't even be in the conversation anymore. That's not true. The Falcons still have a lot of work to do. You know, when I watched part of that game, I clicked over to it because, again, the mentrosity was taking place between the Patriots and Kansas City. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I just think, honestly, they got to do something about their plays. It just doesn't make any sense how you could score that many points and then lose it all in the second half. And to speak of that, a lot of coaching changes are being made. I believe it was the Texans fired their head coach and their GM. I would, too, if we were losing. 
That's just me. Not even going to joke about that one. But that was a nice little, um, you know, spotlight sort of speak that came in. And then the 49ers. I always support my 49ers. We lost to the Eagles 20 to 25. Mullins was taken out and we put the third string back up in there. And it was too late by then. We, I vote for the third string back to go in. I get it. Everyone on the 49ers loves Nick Mullins, but I'm not seeing it. I'm just not. I, I don't trust it. I think he needs more practice. They were arguing, well, when Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing, the 49ers lose. Not necessarily true. We won last week, but that's because we put it into the running game, which means all you have to do, quarterback, is hand someone the ball. That's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to target. You don't have to worry about accuracy. Just hand the ball over. But, of course, George Kittle was back in the game. Debo Samuels back in the game. George Kittle shined. I mean, how many defenders does it take to take down George Kittle? I'll wait. One, two, three, four, four, I think. Four. Four defenders to take down George Kittle. They just couldn't get him. His speed for his height and stature, it's I, I'm just too impressed with George Kittle. That's why I bought his jersey, you guys. I'm a fan. His energy is just great. Again, they interviewed him after that loss, and he said, hey, our goals go back to the Super Bowl, so we got to make some changes. Right. You just look at what you're doing wrong, and you fix it. But you got to give it up for the coach, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's doing the best he can. Um, It is speculated that Jimmy Garoppolo and a few other key players that were out because 49ers have been suffering from a lot of injuries on their team are supposed to be coming back to play this Sunday. So hopefully we'll see some better results for my 49ers faithful fans out there who are with me 100%. We're going to go hard this Sunday. We're going to win and we're going to make some changes. Just that's the way it is. And so when we look at all those wonderful, you know, shocking games of disastrous plays and wins, it's just – I. I just can't give over that Cowboys loss. That was disastrous, everybody. I can't, <laughs> I cannot do it. That was a hot mess. That's all I have to say about that. I hope the NFL gets a grip on the COVID-19 cases. What we don't want is our season to get cut. I honestly think we're going to make it through the season. I really feel like a lot of teams invested a lot of money in proper protocols, cleaning machines, cleaning crews, all that stuff so that they can make it this far. We're going into week five. Um, I'm probably going to make some more predictions. But first things first, I'm going to probably look at my percentage rate right now. I only got one wrong if we go by my percentage rate. I'm, I don't count my, my favorite team of 49ers because I'm always going to pick them. That's, I mean, I'll take that out. But I'm getting better at guessing these prediction games. Keep your eyes peeled. Make your changes on your fantasy football team. Hopefully, if you have any players with injuries, they're getting healthy and they're coming back. Really, this season's coming down to who loves the game more and who sucks the least. And that's really what it is. I'm hoping to see better performance. Shout out to the Raiders. The Raiders are continuously reminding us that they should always be included in the conversation. And you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing how they play. Someone needs to hand Kansas City an L. And I honestly hope that maybe the Raiders can do it. I don't know. We're going to find out. But someone needs to hand them an L. And I have a feeling it's going to be the team that we least expect. That is all I have for you guys on Not Your Average Cheerleader. Thank you so much for joining me for episode four. 
Definitely, if you love what you hear, subscribe. We have so much going on. I'm using this platform. Please register to vote at vote.org. It is so important. We are in a strong election year right now, and that is how you can make your voice heard. So go out there and rock the vote. Do your research and not only rock the vote, but vote smart. Support your black communities, support your Hispanic communities, support your minority communities, everybody. And let's come together and let's make a difference in our communities, in our society. Thank you once again. Have a great week and enjoy some football this weekend. I know I will and I'll be back next week. Bye.